Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Folks, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And just so y'all know, as if you listened to the last episode, we are in person recording and we're just grinding out some episodes right now. So we find ourselves in the interesting spot where we need to come up with some, you know, spicy banter for each new episode. You Why know? are you saying this? Well, I just, <laughs> you don't have to reveal everything. You know how the sausage is <laughs> being made sometimes, Father Shane. Um, which is just, it's kind of fun, but it's, it's like, here we are. We're still doing it. It's uh-huh. fun. It's good. Um, <laughs> We don't need to come up with it. I mean, we're not. It, this is fun. It's not a grind. It's not a grind. I say I should say this. To be fair, I kind of say grinding it out ironically most of the time. It's the the things you love to do. Millennial in me, yeah. Uh-huh. Gr- grinding out for me just means just like kind of actually working hard. I do so little grinding out in my life. Okay. <laughs> when I actually do sit down and do some work, that just feels like you know grinding it out. Okay. It's not. A that grind. might be another episode, friends. <laughs> this is not a grind. We enjoy being here for you. Um, three years running. Yeah, three and a half years running now. Here we are. Who would have thunk it? Father Shane, you went to a fun uh, event in Siouxland recently? Yeah, actually last night it was good to be back home uh, in time for the Missouri River Choral Society's annual Christmas concert in which they did Handel's Messiah, the, the Christmas oratorial section of it. Not the whole thing. Not the whole thing. Just the Christmas parts, you know, the incarnational mysteries and the prophecies of the Old Testament um, with a small string ensemble under the direction of John Flannery, Dr. John Flannery. Um, President of Bishop Healing Catholic Schools. Yeah. Formerly, um, I think, head of the choral department at New Mexico State University, also was at Southern Mississippi, um, did his um, doctoral studies in choral conducting at the University of Kentucky. So he's an accomplished musician. <laughs> and, and here follows the curriculum vitae of John Flannery. <laughs> That's right. Born in Guthrie Center, <laughs> Iowa. Um yeah, no, accomplished musician. I've known him, you know, since probably 1996. That's when I actually first met him. And it's good to have him back in Sioux City. And I know for his own musical desires, putting together this group, um, many of whom have music degrees. They're, they're music teachers, music professors in the area, or just have a strong music background. And they come together kind of in a, in a semi-professional setting and uh, do several choral concerts a year. Uh, so it's good to be home for that and, and supporting them in that cause. And it's, it's always good to hear sacred music in a sacred you know, building like Immaculate Conception Church here in Sioux City. Uh, really sets the Christmas season up well. That's good. I don't know how I missed the... I'm sure I was invited. I just probably missed it on social media or something because I don't mm-hmm. have that. Um, one of the priests was leaving the house last night when this was happening. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, where are you going? He's throwing a suit jacket on. Oh, I'm going to this thing. Oh, whoops. And I already planned to hang out with one of our seminarians. So I didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to go, but I'm glad to hear it was nice. I've heard from a few other people that it was good. Yeah, they did a nice job. Speaking of, you know, holiday music, mm-hmm. um, we're recording this on the day that we had a, you know, kind of mass with the uh, staff from the central Catholic offices here mm-hmm. in Sioux city at the chancery office. And so we had a mass, we were sitting there kind of celebrating together. And um, we started singing, O come, O come Emmanuel as one does in the, you know, end of the third week of Advent. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what I what was sort of this visceral reaction to that song being sung in the cathedral was remembering 
a number of years ago oh, <laughs> when a certain song <laughs> I forgot all about this. Well, why do you have to give me PTSD? PTSD uh, yeah, you know? seriously. Why oh, do you have to man. bring this up? Well, I, who had the PTSD? Yeah. So for our <laughs> listeners to know, there was a... It's time uh, to just let that go, Father. It really is, but it's, it's super funny. Um, because especially the timing of the year when we recorded it was the best part that we recorded in the summertime. Yeah, it was uh, there was a There was a project... <laughs> Um, by some of the folks at the you know communications office, or kind of within the context of the the Lumen newspaper and stuff, uh-huh. to have different groups uh, record the singing of O Come O Come Emmanuel, uh-huh. and it was um, offered to us, the seminarians and you know vocations director of the diocese, that we would have a kind of a highlight uh, of of singing that. So the only time we were together prior to Advent was the summertime yeah. around the ordination in June. In June, so we're in suits in the in the it sounds. The basement of the cathedral is a nice place. It's not like right. a bad, you know, dusty old basement. Um, but we're like in a small room. Uh, very hot. Recording this together. Very hot. And there and was camera lights on us. So there were camera lights on us, and we're, we're supposed to be singing. But friends, if you don't know, Father Shane also has a background in music, and we were warming up in the cathedral beforehand. And it was kind of sprung on us, I think, like the day before. <laughs> we didn't really know what we were doing. Some of us had more music experience than others. Which we became were, apparent as we were warming yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> we're standing around the piano, and you're, uh, you're like, gentlemen, come on, come on. Nope, nope, come on. Okay, quicker. Here we go. <laughs> Breathe. Okay, very good. Louder. Let me hear a full voice. You were just immediately in you know, choral directing uh, Yeah, I went there. into the zone. And not everyone could match me at the zone there. Yeah, the, the energy you, yeah. you brought it. You you brought it, Father Shane, but we, we were not bringing it. And I think it's disappe- I, I don't think the video still exists, but it's a pretty hilarious video of just certain men trying to meet that energy and try to you know if the occasion and a couple guys in particular. I don't know if they were even opening their mouths. We don't. No, they really weren't. They yeah. were. So when we agreed to this, this is going to become a long episode. When we agreed to this, we were under the pretense that. It's going to be a simple recording, sing one or two verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and it'll be on a diocesan website. That's right. Just kind of a landing page during the Advent season, yes. right? Well, when we get in there, you know, you have all these camera lights on you, and the cameraman is slowly panning across us, um, which is pretty intensive for all the seminarians who are, like, not trained as musicians, or they don't have a strong singing background. It was also June. It was June. And hot. <laughs> and it was blistering hot in this room. And they're trying to sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel with maybe not you know much choral experience before. And now you have a camera panning in your face. So if you're screwing <laughs> up the words, if you don't feel like you're in tune, um, and some of the guys were not in tune, and so we're having a problem matching pitch, it was a delightful memory that I thought I had placed out of my, you know, internal yeah, memory so bank. I, but I'm glad you brought it I up again, held Father. That, I held that kind of in my, you know, I, you know, as, as our blessed mother did, I pondered that in my heart during Mass today um, as we were singing. Go so ahead. without sharing that with you and disrupting your own prayer, but I'm glad you. I could share that with you now. So I wish we would have had a sound clip ready of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel that we could just kind of use as our outro music of today. Of that recording, exactly. No, well, maybe a better recording. I, I think the real question is, what's the next round, you know? Comfort, comfort, ye my people. Comfort, I think. comfort, oh my people. Yeah. I'm not sure we can relive we'll, that. We'll bring it back. Yeah, we'll bring it back. <laughs> Friends, I asked a, a, a longtime listener recently uh, what a good topic would be. And the question that was proposed to me is, is worrying a sin? Mm, so that's kind of what I'd love to step into today. But before we just kind of jump into answering that question, I think it's important to focus on the idea of worry, and especially, I think, a pretty popular word today, the dreaded anxiety, right? 
we work with Gen Z students, mm-hmm. um, especially in the context of high school ministry. And anxiety is noticed more than I think it has, or it's, it's at least named, yeah. which is helpful. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, a struggle for parents who are out there maybe, and for educators who are out there and people who work with young people. It, it, also, it, it can often sound like an excuse sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and that's not to downplay uh, the reality of, you know, a real um, experienced anxiety, or I think to define that, you know, an irrational fear of something um, that might spark up, you know, social anxieties that people experience or anxiety surrounding study or test taking friendships, different dynamics like that. But it's interesting because it's just um, at least in the, in the vocabulary today, um, it's, it's, it's around quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Worry and anxiety, um, which is good to pay attention to, especially mm-hmm. today. You were just preaching um, when the seminarians were together um, with our Sarah Club. Father Shane, the other day in the Advent season, you were talking about um, a lack of discouragement that comes with the season of hope, mm-hmm. right? And not to be discouraged or kind of lost in anxiety and in fear. So that's kind of the context is that I think all of us are recognizing more and more that we might be living out of an experience of anxiety. Mm-hmm. It might be a crippling experience sometimes where it holds us back from living life to the full um, that God wants for us, but that we all also want for ourselves. But we feel like we're held back in the in our in our studies, our relationships, because we might be struggling with different anxieties. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe we see people who are living with a lot of freedom and there's, there's a lot of, there's an attractiveness there. Oh man, I want to live like that. Talking to the seminarians as well, I think so much of the formation that men are receiving in seminary now is a movement away from fear, away from insecurities, and a, a movement into a deeper freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom of their identity as beloved sons, freedom in the face of their studies, right? But it's it's living out of a real freedom and joy rather than kind of a fear and anxiety that's kind of holding, holding guys back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but just to step into that, is worrying a sin? Any first thoughts on that? Yeah, a couple of things. Boom, hit us. First of all, I think worry is somewhat natural in as much as that we want good things for ourselves and for others. And so there is, you know, we're trapped by three-dimensional time and space, right? There is a natural unfolding of how the events of our life come about. If someone announces that they're pregnant, okay, well, how is the pregnancy going to end nine months from now? Mm -hmm. If someone says, I'm going to college, okay, well, will they actually complete the degree four years from now? There's always um, this suspension that is held as things in life take time to unfold. And so we just have to acknowledge that, yeah. you know, that things take time. And you have to, Rome wasn't built in a day. You don't always know how things are going to turn out. And you just know that usually in life there's going to be curveballs that come your way. And you have to roll with it and you have to just adjust with it. So I think there can be a natural um, anticipation to just wonder how are things going to work out. Right. Really quickly, along with that, I was just thinking too, insofar as entropy is just a reality in the universe, that all things are kind of tending toward this disintegration disorder, right? If you Mm -hmm. have more of a melancholic temperament, it's very easy to just be hyper-focused on the fact that it seems like everything's just kind of falling apart right? (laughs) at at different times. Yeah, so that is a natural reality. Yeah. So I think we just have to to live in that suspension, realize things take time to unfold, and you don't know how they're going to turn out. But you just live one day at a time. The other thing that comes to mind is um, Father Paul Hazing, an Omaha priest who's the rector at seminary. We've had him on this podcast before, and we've referenced him before. He gave a homily about a month ago specifically on this topic about worrying. 
And he said, if there is a major area of worry in your life, that is a zone, that is an area where you're probably lacking faith and it's not an area that you have really offered to Jesus to let his kingdom reign there. To say, Jesus, I offer this to you and I know, Jesus, you're going to take care of it and I know that it will unfold according to your providential plans, even if it's beyond my understanding and, and my capabilities to control it. Uh, but, but his homily was just saying, if there's areas of worry in our life that we are absolutely holding on to and just gripping so tightly with anxiety um, and control, that is really not an area where Jesus' kingship is reigning in our life. Uh, and everyone, it was a great homily, and everyone in the chapel was just like, oh. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we can all identify an area where we have really not surrendered to Jesus, a particular area that we want it to unfold right now according to our parameters and our expectations. And that's really not allowing Jesus' kingship to to be Lord and sovereign in that zone of our life. And it's interesting how that control often just brings about more anxiety mm-hmm. because when you try to control things, you can't control things. Mm-hmm. You try to c- control things that are out of your control and you just, you end with worrying more about the things that you can't control. Right. right. Um, and that, that just seems to happen so often. Um, it is true. It affects all of us and it's reality, but that's why Christ talks about it in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. He's talking about why are you worrying? Um, he's like, does this worrying add any more time to your time to your life? Um, for that ding that just happened, I tried to really turn off the sound on my computer but apparently it didn't work. So That's all right. You know, we're just digging away here. Christ himself talks about it in the scripture when he says, what is worrying? Does it add any more days to your life? Mm-hmm. When he really focuses, as, as Jesus does in the gospels, focusing back to the father and God who gives us that relationship with him as father who is providential and cares and provides for his children. Like God's going to give you what you need. And I love that he points. He's like, do the birds worry? Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> no. And that, I've, I've actually been bringing that up quite a bit with young people. Um, in conversations about God and his existence, there's just something interesting when you look at the natural world. You say, you know, dogs and cats, chimpanzees, they don't sit around and worry about stuff mm-hmm. at all. It's like they want like three things. Maybe I brought this up recently. I, th- I think I did maybe a couple episodes ago. But it's like they want food, they want water, they want to make more dogs and cats and chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Those things are in their grasp, and they do that, and then they're like pretty satisfied for the moment. They, they, they don't sit around and worry about stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't think about their deceased grandparents they don't mm-hmm. think about their future it's like so if something already stirs up in us it's like oh again like we mentioned recently like, that could actually be an alarm that goes off to say like wait a space of worry a space of anxiety and fear well well that could be a space that actually shows me i have a destiny that's more than just this world if, if there's like kind of a anticipation or a, a that, that is not a bad thing an anticipation excitement but if it turns into worry, well, is that because it's an, I'm trying to control something that's totally out of my control, my destiny? Right. Yeah. I think to any of our listeners who might wonder, do I worry too much? I don't want you to worry about worrying too much. We're not <laughs> trying to actually spike your anxiety right. here. But if you already know that you have a tendency to worry, it might be helpful to make a distinction between, am I, am I expressing a holy desire, a holy yearning that is rooted in love for something? Or... Am I just being sucked into a state of fear mm. about the outcome? Because I think there would be a massive distinction there. Um, to rest in something with a holy desire, a holy longing that God will bless something, God will you know, govern areas with his providential care and love, a holy desire that this is going to um, 
be blessed and, and work out in a way for the best of everyone according to God's plans. I, I think that's a holy longing that can transform worry into something really sacred because you want to move in this situation until it's resolved with God. Yeah, St. Paul talks about that. I mean, when he's talking about his kind of care or you could say anxiety or worry mm-hmm. for the churches, he he did, he breaks that down. He's like, I really want to go home and be with God. Mm-hmm. I really want to be in heaven in the union with the Trinity right now, but I also know that I need to be here with you. And mm-hmm. it's like the concern of all these churches that he's established around Asia Minor. It's like it weighs on him because he cares about them, right? But that that's in a place of love. Yeah, and perfect love casts out all fear, as Jesus said. Right, and that that's di- that's a different that care and concern that might have kind of an anticipation and excitement, a, a hope, mm-hmm. but it might still have a, a carefulness, right? Because that's where there's like the energy to actually do something comes from to love somebody else. You care for their good, you anticipate their need. That's different than the kind of a, a preoccupation with fear. Yeah, when the worrying becomes so consuming that it actually starts to poison us and, and take hold of us with a state of fear. That's a clear indication that we're actually not moving with God and we haven't surrendered those areas to his lordship to let him govern a situation with his providential plans. And then what does that do? It, it just kind of locks us up, right? We become more rigid and it's really a blinding expression of a lack of faith. Um, and that might not be intentionally trying to say, I've given up on the faith, but it might just be uh, a very subconscious inattentiveness to let faith shine through that area of worry, that point of concern to say, Jesus, I trust you. Mm. And I'm going to walk with you in this area. And, yeah. I, and I'm going to express my holy longings, but I'm still going to trust that you are going to do more about this than I will. Right. So then that, that kind of this discussion has begged the question of like, where does sin kind of lie within this? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, your reference to Father Hazing's homily kind of gets to it. Um, it's important to just remember always to just to be reminded what sin is and what sin's not, right? Sin is not just breaking arbitrary rules, right? But it's saying no when we have the opportunity to say yes to God, right? Mm-hmm. So I try to remind myself and remind people, it's like, we're never um, culpable or blameworthy of like the first thought, the first glance, the first feeling that comes right we're not always responsible for those right we are responsible for like how we dwell with those right so you know people talking about experiences of anger or lust or frustration whatever when the thought comes and the feeling comes you're not responsible for that to get so scrupulous that'd be say every moment i feel angry towards something i'm you know or every moment i feel no we uh we react our bodies react but then how do we actually respond with our reason as mm-hmm. we come to an awareness that I am experiencing this kind of irrational fear or these other irrational things that don't actually make sense. That's where it's like, well, what do I do with the second thought? The third thought, do mm-hmm. I, do I dwell on those? Or as we've talked to make it spiritual, it's not just a psychological kind of exercise. Do I relate that to God? Mm-hmm. I think it was a riffing off of uh, maybe St. Athanasius who said something like, it wasn't this probably pithy, but like, that which is not related is not redeemed. That mm-hmm. probably came from like a, you know, Father Hazing homily as well at some point when I was in seminary. But Yeah, it does come from Athanasius in terms of the incarnation. Yes. That which is not assumed in yes. our human nature is not therefore redeemed by yes. Christ. Yes, yes, yes. So that's exactly the quote. And then the um, what kind of correlates from that is, okay, so Christ has assumed all of our humanity and then therefore has redeemed our, all of our humanity. How do we have access to that? 
and it's not in our control. Mm-hmm. You know, that's happened through our baptism. It's happened through the grace Christ has given us. But the way that, that grace is kind of unpacked in our life is when we can relate these unredeemed parts of our life, or as Father Hazing was pointing out, these places where I haven't really invited God in. Mm-hmm. When I can start to relate those, share those, bring God into those moments of fear and anxiety, and I'm not just locked up and I'm closing other people out or I'm so in control kind of with my arms wrapped around it, well, that's where, like, it starts to be, we start to be freed from it. Mm-hmm. And those first feelings, those, those um, what do I want to say, those, that, that initial intuition or those predispositions to be worrying or anxiety, anxious, those don't always go away. Mm-hmm. Those can come with some psychological healing as well. But the spiritual side of it is that I'm not consumed by it anymore, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Yeah. So I, I hope some of these insights really help our listener who brought up this topic um, and anyone who's really just, you know, worrying about worry, <laughs> as you point out, the initial flash in the mind isn't necessarily the sin. The preoccupation and the lack of surrender and the saying no to God in his role in our life, that could become sinful, but it need not ought to be. And if there's something that's just weighing heavily on your hearts, I, I would just, you know, transform that into a holy desire and move with Jesus in that, inviting his lordship to be present there. Oh, Shane. Thank you. Well, thank yeah, you. Say something too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And friends, thanks for uh, always tuning in. And don't worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time and God bless.